what is this AAFP thing? What is the organization? Yeah, okay. yeah so, so explain a little bit for our profession. I mean, there's right. a lot of people listening all over the world. So it, this is an American. Right. So it's the American Association of Feline Practitioners, and it's an organization um, that supports veterinarians. And if you see a single cat in your practice, you are a cat veterinarian. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and is one is enough. One is enough. One is enough. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hello, this is Dr. Yola Kerpenstein. Hi, it's Dr. Susan Little. Susan, you're smiling. I'm smiling because we always have a bit of a who's going to speak first thing going on. You know, with Eric Garcina, <laughs> he started himself. I know. We actually had a guest once who started the podcast because Yola yeah. and I were looking at each other like, you go, no, you go. And so the guest did it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, we have our wonderful guest, Beth. Yes. Dr. April Steele. Yes. Thank you. Thank you Hello. for doing a part two with us because, because there's always talk, too much. I know. To talk about. And we were talking and talking and talking and we didn't even talk about the AAFP, yeah. which will be a big part of this podcast. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for asking yeah. me back. So, uh, <laughs> what is this AAFP thing? What is the organization? Yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. So, so explain a little bit for our profession. I mean, there's right. a lot of people listening all over the world. So it, this is an American. Right. So it's the American Association of Feline Practitioners, and it's an organization um, that supports veterinarians. And if you see a single cat in your practice, you are a cat veterinarian. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and is one is enough. One is enough. One is enough. And it's to support cat veterinarians to provide the best care to cats and to cat owners. And I always say, or at least you know, when I was on the board of the AFP, I used to say that ex president. Ex -president. You know, she's mm -hmm. dumbing it down a little bit, yes. but she is former president. So, so accoladed I, by everybody, you know. Oh stop. So I used to say that in a way American is a bad name in the title because Canadians are members, right? And so we cover more okay. than just America. And Latin America right. too, so aren't you? Yes, Latin and we're moving yes. more into Latin America and Brazil. Yeah. So the Americas. Yes. Americas. Yes. <laughs> Americas feline. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. just yeah. add an S. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I think it's important to point out that doesn't mean just the United States. It means the mm -hmm. Americas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. And AFP does a lot of good work. It's been around for a while. Yeah, do you, know, do you know how long? I don't know. I'm looking at you because I don't remember yeah, either. But it's no. been yeah, for quite a while. We're, we're putting you on yeah. the spot. Yeah, you guys, no, are, you guys got to give me these questions ahead of time. No, 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 no. we never know what we're going to ask, exactly. so we can't give you questions ahead of time. Exactly. So. But, but it's been around for quite a while. Mm -hmm. I, I know that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, uh, has made uh, a big impact on, on feline medicine um, over the years in many ways mm -hmm. through different programs, through sponsoring the Congress and conference. And so that's actually why we are here in San Francisco. So one of the things that AFB does, and I have to tell you something funny too, because AFP, if you type in AFP, oh, uh -huh. yes. you get the family practitioners yep. yes. of America. Yep. Yes. Yeah, well, I've done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you have to always do AFP plus feline, and then you yeah. get. But we are the other family doctor. Now. I know. Yeah. Veterinarians it, are the it, other it, family doctor. It is doctor. true. So do, have you ever done anything together? 
with with the no, but the, it's a really good idea. Oh, I know, don't you think? There's a yeah. nice little One Health topic, and mm-hmm. you can do One Health, and you know, and the role of pets in the AFP. There we go, AFP plus AFP. AFP square. You can always knock on my door for the craziest. The great ideas. That's it. Yeah. So so conference this year's conference is very successful. Yes, yes, uh, biggest ever, biggest ever, and uh, really engaged people. Has nothing to do people. with the city that we're in. It is. The no. It's been growing every year, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Actually, so yeah, so it's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Right. Good topics. I'm sure that that helps. It's a uh, concurrent and chronic disease management. So. And 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 we like it because you know Susan and I were always discussing the fact that we don't feel that there is enough information on cats. Yes. So when when you go to lectures. It's always about dogs, 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 and at the end, the five minutes, last mm-hmm. five minutes, this. Oh, and by the way, the cat mm-hmm. this way. So yep, this we're is trying to change focused. that a little bit. Yep, yep. And AFP, of of course, has a huge role in this. Yeah, where we we take educating our uh, profession very, very seriously, mm-hmm. and that is the veterinarians, the technicians, nurses, and the rest of the staff, industry partners association executives all of the everyone is part of this conversation Mm -hmm. and it's not just about the medicine and surgery but it's also about how do you get a cat to have a good experience at a veterinary hospital and how do you get pet owners not to be stressed and cat owners wanting to bring the cat back so Mm -hmm. that's a big part of what we do and then on top of that there's all the guidelines Mm -hmm. so the guidelines that the AAFP puts out are I mean, I'm speaking from the current presidency, so I might be a little bit biased, Mm -hmm. but I think they're absolutely amazing. It helps um, practitioners know life stage issues, vaccine issues. We're doing more and more behavior guidelines and helping people understand how to really make those cats' lives better. And these are open and free, accessible, and where do you go to pick them up? So at Mm catvets.com is a good place to go to see those, Mm -hmm. and um, they are free and open. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about AFP. So we publish our guidelines in uh, in the Journal of Feline Medicine and Surgery, but we make them available to everybody. You don't have to be, have to be an AFP member. Nope. You don't have to be a um, journal subscriber. You can go to catvets.com and, and uh, look for the, the guidelines section, and they're all there for free. I've always loved that. And you can send your clients to catfriendly.com. Ah, and point. that is where there are client brochures that mirror the guidelines, but in layman's language. Mm-hmm. So it helps. Awesome. We'll be talking about that pretty soon, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because that's been something that Yola and I've been interested in too, is like reaching more cat owners. And that is a, it's a different level of language, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So um, AFP has the catfriendly.com website, which is a really nice companion to right. the professional website. Yes. Right. Because I know a lot of cat owners were also trying to look at the, our, at our professional website. So yep. it's nice that they have Absolutely. their own place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and they can find a cat veterinarian there. Ah, uh, that's true. You can search yep. for a cat veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that's awesome. And what is the latest? Guideline, putting you on the spot again. Oh, oh retroviral. Well, the one that well, just, just came, came out, out was, was zoonosis. Yes. So this is, uh, uh, we're in the fall of 2019. And mm-hmm. so the one that's hot off the press, right, mm-hmm. is the updated uh, zoonosis guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is uh, you know another great One Health topic. And you were um, part of that? So no. You were not part of no, that? So, oh. No. So mm-hmm. I've been working on the retrovirus uh, testing and uh, management guidelines, but we had a little friendly rivalry between mm-hmm. the two guidelines groups oh. to see who could get theirs done first. Well, one and started, started I lost. You lost. <laughs> well, but the other started, I think, 
three years earlier yes. or something like that. So, All right, so, those are the little details. So I do win in terms of the length of time it took, but yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, from the the one, the zoonotic one, what is the number thing, the number one thing that jumped out? Ooh, you're looking at me as yeah. you say Oh, that. no, I'm both. I yeah. Mean, mm. As cat experts. I mean, I, I think it's still the important information about just knowing how to manage these diseases, but not being scared of yeah, them and yeah, knowing yeah. that cats are still great pets, even if right. people are immunocompromised or have other conditions, but there, there's just things to be aware of. Yeah, that. I think that's the number one message, right? You know, we want people to be aware of what's zoonotic, um, but we don't want people to be scared by it, right? right. It, doesn't, it just means you need common sense and, you know, good prevention and right. and the common things that have always been an issue, like common, you know, fleas and intestinal parasites are still an issue and they're still... Surprise. Ah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we I talked with uh, Susan Little about... The, the other, other Susan, Susan Little. Little. About that. Yeah, you know, we did. Know, yeah. They will never disappear. Yeah. Uh, someone told her um, that when ivermectin came out, so what are you going to do with your life? Because now everything is over. Right. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. If only. Yeah. If only. And now, here we are. Look at that. Twenty years later. Yeah. yeah. How, how many here. mectins are there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. That's let's it. let's circle back to the cat friendly thing because really one of the flagship programs that AFP has done is the cat friendly practice program. So let's right. talk talk a little bit more about that. The cat friendly pro practice program. I can't say it. But <laughs> it's a really neat program. <laughs> is. Um, it, it, it's a way that practitioners can be empowered to make the experience for cats through their through their hospital as wonderful as it can be mm -hmm. for the cat, for the pet owner, for the staff, mm -hmm. um, and for the veterinarian, and make it successful. You you know it starts at home mm -hmm. with training um, pet owners how to acclimate a cat to a cat carrier, how to get the right and cat how carrier, to get the right cat carrier, and how to not chase their cat around the house so that they're already freaked out by the time they mm -hmm. come to the practice. And then um, it, it talks about all the guidelines to make the space as as kind and gentle for the cat as possible, whether that's separate waiting areas for dogs and cats, elevated places to keep the carriers, going straight into the rooms, how to handle the cat once it's in the room. Do you open the kennel right away? Do you not? What are your techniques for handling mm -hmm. the, the cat? Um, and uh, education, it does also uh, link back to quite a few of our guidelines so people can really understand how those guidelines empower good medicine for animals so it's it's a program that is uh many practices and don't ask me how many right now um, but a I, lot a lot hundred, I think, hundreds um I, I i think we must be a thousand ish close. either that are like totally finished or in the process or in the process i'm thinking yes yeah. i think there's about 370 in process yeah right now. so i'm yeah. just looking at that number yeah um that people choose to do and then they get these guidelines and support and they get to learn how to do it and then they um, report back when they think that they've achieved the checklist and then they get certification and they renew it every three years. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's so, a lot of ongoing support right. in terms of uh, uh, ongoing education and marketing materials mm -hmm. even. Yep, Ed education, marketing materials and also referrals to cat-friendly practices which people that have cats and care deeply want to know yep. where they can go where the cat will be treated well. So as a practitioner you get something out of it too. Right, absolutely. But mm -hmm. what's really interesting is what we saw as a shortcoming of it is that you we were hearing from many younger veterinarians who very much care about cats and want to be an advocate for cats but they don't have the buy-in of their ownership of their hospital mm -hmm. or the others in the hospital so this year we're creating a brand new program which is the cat advocate program the oh. cat certificate so cat friendly certificate program there's going to be two pieces to it so there is the cat friendly veterinary professional certificate 
and the Cat Friendly Veterinary Advocate Certificate. And the professional is for an individual veterinarian or technician nurse. Okay. And that's going to be eight online modules. Okay. We think eight. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, don't hold me to that, but probably. First half of that is going to be all about handling, getting the cat to the veterinarian, all those things we just talked about. And the other half will be special things about cats that are medically important mm-hmm. and guideline related mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And so that um, will be the, the professional certificate. The advocate for certif- certificate will be four modules, and it'll be more about the conversation about how to make the experience really lovely for the cat. We're hoping that it's not only the customer service representatives right. um, and the assistants, but it's also industry partners right. um, and uh, association people right. and anyone who really cares anybody who to spread interacts. the message, right. actually. But for the certificates, what's really great about them is it demonstrates that someone, you know, especially a veterinarian, cares about cats enough to go through this program. And they can take that with them if they have another job or they're trying to apply for, you know, a, a place where that would uh, look good on their resume. It's mm. going to show that they have this knowledge and investment in cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, and, like, it's, really and it's like, like a mm-hmm. seal of approval that comes from AFP, which is you know uh, right. widely respected. Yeah, so that um, as as the cat boys. So so we should see that next year. Can wow. I ask you a question about because there's some other programs too? For instance, Canada has Cat Healthy, which is all yeah. very confusing to me. I know it's all friendly. And yes, cat yeah, Cat Healthy is really just so it's a group. Uh, it's a Canadian group. Uh, we have six board certified feline specialists in Canada, and so um, it's the six of us who have come together with some industry support. Um, and we're really uh, just a, a, just as a bad way to say it, but we're, we're, but we're, it's very Canadian, you know, to kind of downplay what you do. Yeah. I know, it's like, they're just, I can't get the Canadian out. Six <laughs> from nowhere. Yeah, hanging out. Canada. Canada. They just go to the pub, but they get industry just support. Just support. <laughs> it's kind of like that, actually. Yeah. So Those we, are just yeah, probably awesome. the most famous in the world, but yeah, let's not talk about that. So we focused on preventive care and providing some um, guidance to help veterinarians design preventive care programs for cats. So we're not a membership program. We don't do the types of uh, like um, uh, certifications or designations that AFP does. We're more just an but open, how's the interaction between the two? So groups? so that uh, AFP um, has uh, uh, officially and like endorsed, okay. um, as well as some of the other sort of worldwide um, cat groups. Because How many we, of those veterinarians are past presidents of the AFP? Oh, of the Cat Healthy Group. Um, uh, two are past presidents and one is the incoming. So 50%. Okay. There you go. Excellent. 50%. So, Excellent. so we're, we're closely related and have complementary activities, mm-hmm. but you know, I understand why it, it, uh, it gets confusing. And the other question is fear free. So there's yes. a lot of information about fear yes. free. Oh, and by the way, it's cathealthy.ca just to get my little plug oh, in there. If you want to have a look at much. preventive care, but that's a, that's another good question. Cause I get that too. And I'm sure you do mm-hmm. too. You do too, right? Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the fear free program and what cat what uh, AFP does so the cat friendly practice program and the new advocate program really focus on how to make the entire cat's experience lovely Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, without stress without anxiety for the cat and the person so it is is very similar in its intent but Mm -hmm. really giving tools people can use and and many um, I guess references so people can get depth of, of knowledge about cats specifically that helps yeah. them. I think because it's focused on cats, it's just more robust and more detailed mm-hmm. on, on cat only 
right? Than you than you could possibly be when you're dealing with multiple species like Fear Free right. does. Right. So they each have kind of their own place, I think. Right. Yep. Yeah. And and cat friendly practice does not mean that there's no dogs in your practice. No. Right? No. So no. You can both be fear free yeah. and cat friendly. And people do mm-hmm. exactly. They they uh, go through both programs, which is a nice. And that way, for what I call a mixed animal practice, your dog and cat practice, right? It's a nice complement. So, so how, if people are interested in the certificate program, so the advocate and the professional, professional, yeah, yeah. So, what do they need to do to? So they're they're going. We're we're finalizing the webinars right now. Mm -hmm. So we're expecting probably Q one is our goal in twenty 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 to have these rolled out, and it will be at catvets.com, but we'll also be trying to share this information widely when mm. we when we get it. So when mm-hmm. we get them up and running, because it's not only the people that have signed up already that mm-hmm. this is going to appeal to. It's hopefully a new audience to even care for more cats. Yeah. And you can sign up for AAFP newsletters even if you're not a member. Yep. So if you want to keep up with new programs like this, you can sign up on the website yep. even without being a member. And so. will this be for free or do you have to pay a little fee for it or? There will be, um, for current members, there will be a short period that's for free. Okay. And then, and, and actually that keys back to some, another really good use of this is when you have a cat friendly practice and you hire new staff, how do you get them up to speed on what a cat friendly practice that's is? That's good point. So staff this is training. a really great way to do that without having to develop your own mm. internal training every time, which good is pretty point. complex. Um, and then there will be a fee for it. It's not a big fee and I don't know mm-hmm. what it is, but it's a, it's a small fee. And the, the, that reminds me that the cat friendly practice program has been, um, it's a membership uh, program, mm-hmm. right? But once you're a member of AFP, then you then you're you're eligible to start the cat friendly practice program. So, right. So it's not a separate uh, dollar value. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's a benefit of membership, it's a benefit benefit, of which membership. is a huge benefit of mm-hmm. membership. And so, if you're in the Americas, it mm. is a no brainer, obviously. Yeah. What if you're outside of the Americas? Can you still be part of this? So, if you're outside of the Americas, you are going to be under ISFM, mm-hmm. They're the International Society of Feline Medicine. Mm-hmm. And they oversee a similar program. It's not. It's cat friendly clinic. Cat friendly clinic. Cat friendly clinic. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yola's rolling his eyes. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we discovered when we were trying to name Cat Healthy Canada, there's only so many ways to say these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is why the names <laughs> tend to sound a little familiar. But yes. they're kind of our sister organization in a way on the yes, international and, scene. And they have the. They oversee and have the legal rights to all of the cat-friendly like, messaging yeah. in Europe and anywhere but the Americas. Yeah, yeah. So we've divided and conquered. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. So the programs are similar in in uh, many ways, and we collaborate together a lot. And interestingly, um, the AAFP, because we do have the Americas, are going is going to uh, invest a lot of time and energy in Brazil yeah. in this next year. Coming up. Yeah, and I'm sure a Brazilian veterinarians will be happy to hear that because there's so many vets in Brazil. They I see know. so many cats. Yola mm-hmm. and I have lectured mm-hmm. there, yes. and, and, and they're, they're very interesting. And they have a huge hunger mm-hmm. for for this. But obviously, there's a, a translation issue, right? Mm-hmm. So we have to get materials. We're working on all of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think that uh, Brazil is one of our top countries in the world uh, following the podcast. Ah, for podcast followers. Mm. Yes. Oh. So America is number one. Because they want information. And I think well, that, this that, is it. Yeah. This and is then, it. And it's, that's interesting because a lot of the English-speaking countries obviously are, are following. Yeah. But Brazil is pretty it's high Portuguese. up there. Portuguese. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's, that's okay, let's switch to Portuguese. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> we 
should. That would be, I that'd wish be, I a, very, be a short segment. That'd be yeah, a very, very short, short segment. Short. Yeah. I, don't think <laughs> I, have I think I can say thank you. Obrigada. Obrigada. <laughs> yeah, I can say thank yeah. you. There, we're done. Yes. That's a nice word to know. That's the extent of my <laughs> yeah, Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we love it, though. I mean, yeah. We were there last year. And as yeah. a matter of fact, that's where it all started. Yeah, yeah. This podcast, actually, I, we can blame it on Rio because uh, we did the first uh, uh, recordings. dedicated to Brazil. Yeah, we mm. did the first uh, uh, recordings in, uh, in Rio de Janeiro um, last summer. Mm. Not summer 2018. Yeah. That's where the idea started. Yeah. And we said, okay, let's do some tapings. Okay, yeah. they're not so good. Yeah. I mean, if you go to the beginning, but yeah. uh, <laughs> he's not recommending <laughs> you go back to the beginning. No, no, it's you've got to start I somewhere. Because those were really good, but then we yeah. had a couple of that where the sound was not. Hey, it was a baby podcast. It it's got to grow podcast. up. Yes, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah, now yeah. we're super, yeah. you know, advanced. Fancy mic. I know. Exactly. So one exactly. of the other things I love about AAFP is that it doesn't focus just on the veterinarians, right? It focuses mm -hmm. on um, uh, technicians, nurses, uh, support staff, team. really the healthcare team, right? Which is which is uh, lovely. Um, right. I know our staff use the information in the webinars. There's a lot of webinars on the website. Yep, yep. free web. Quite a few that are accessible to anyone. Yep, mm -hmm. and to pet owners as well. And are the webinar race accredited? Many of them are accredited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's wonderful. So there's some that are so membership only, but a lot mm -hmm. that are free. Yep. 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 Yeah. And so, uh, and all the guidelines materials are there for free. So it's a wonderful resource for your mm -hmm. team, I think. And the cat handling um, webinar is oh. just gives people that aren't used to these different ideas. So we are so trained that it, we need to control the cat. Like that's what we learned in veterinary school. Uh -huh. and, and I think that whenever we're a little afraid, we think the more control we have, the more success we have. But it's, it's the exact opposite mm. in cats. The <laughs> less you control them, the le the more safe you are. <laughs> and so figuring that out and building that uh, ability to handle them in a totally different way goes, I mean, it'll change your life if you're not doing it in a good way. It really does because um, Nobody enjoys their job if you spend your day fighting with your patients. Mm -hmm. um, and you do have to handle cats differently from dogs. So learning these tips and tricks mm -hmm. not only can really brighten your day, but it makes you safer. And I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that because that's a that's a key point in learning how to handle cats well. Safer for the cat, but safer, safer for right. staff. And you're not diagnosing diabetes because their stress has made their glucose go to 600. Yes. And you're yeah. not, you know, diagnosing uh, hypertension when it doesn't exist. And clients like to come to you. Right, right. They want to come. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a once clients understand what it's about and they see what we do in a cat friendly practice that's different than their boy than than their their body for life. Yeah, right? we'll never go anywhere else. No, they build your clientele. I was gonna say bondage, but that's really not the right Bonding. word. Bonding. 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 Yeah. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> yes. Interesting topic. choice of terms. Yeah. Yes. And I had Bonding. a successful practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they will go to the to the catbats.com website where you can search for uh, cat friendly practice. Yes. Yeah. You, and you, go to catfriendly.com. And catfriendly.com yeah. and search. And cat healthy though. No. Canada? No. You can go there, <laughs> but you can't search, search for a veterinarian. Oh, no. really? No, no, the no. Six, That's, the see, there's the difference. Yeah. Uh -huh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of discussion about decreasing cat numbers in practices, but it's mm. not happening in a cat-friendly practice, I guess. Right. It's interesting. Of The, the feedback we get from feline-only practices and cat-friendly practices is that the demand is growing, growing, mm -hmm. growing, and we're not seeing these That's why I will put... I would mm. bring my cat mm. right. if I wasn't allergic to cats. Yeah, sadly, that's a little-known fact about mm. Yola. He's allergic to cats. Yeah. yeah, I would love to have a yeah. cat. But. but there are some. I know there's some case studies, right? Because 
I know um, uh, every year, at least the last few years, AFP's produced a, like a little infographic um, that is a survey of cat-friendly practices. Yeah. Right, and and almost all, it's the vast majority, over 85% feel like they have more business, more new clients, that it's really um, something that has, has been a good business decision yep. and that they will continue to renew and yep. be cat-friendly. And their support staff um, usually say that they're happier in their jobs, mm -hmm. so like su satisfaction amongst the mm -hmm. team goes up. And so, yeah. workman's comp claims go down. There you go, safety again, safety. right? So we yeah. actually have some data that backs up the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, your business can grow and your team can be happier and safer yes. if you're a cat-friendly practice. Yep. Yep. Any other Evidence-based cool medicine. <laughs> AAFP news. Yeah. Um, we're going to do our first online conference, oh. not in lieu of our next no, no. conference, that's but um, that's it. going to be a lot of fun and that's in April Okay, and it's going to be very interactive. So it's a virtual e-conference mm -hmm. and um, the participants can ask the presenters questions. We're going to have Dr. Like in real time. Yeah, real mm. time. Dr. Sarah Heath and Dr. Sheila Robertson. Oh, so awesome. really nice Superstars, behavior, so, behavior and, and anesthesia. And, and analgesia. Mm -hmm. Wow. So we're really That's looking forward April? to That's April 2020? April, 20, April 6, 2020. April 6th. So, look so you can go to catfats.com mm -hmm. to sign up for that? Yes. Sweet. Yes. That and is awesome. Yeah, so let us know. Fun. Yeah, that's That's cool. an awesome mm -hmm. idea. Yeah, so those are the, the big things. We... Um, are going to really focus, we're having a lot of discussions and I want to get into a debate about this. We're having a lot of discussions about DQA. Mm -hmm. And hot it's topic. a hot, hot topic. Yeah. The conversations are really around how do we, we have a very strong position statement opposing DQA. Mm -hmm. um, how do we help and empower veterinarians to make transitions from doing DQA to not doing DQA? So we're looking at actually creating a toolkit that empowers veterinarians to, to make this transition instead of just saying you shouldn't declaw and deal with it. Because that doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's a mental health issue. There's so much bullying that goes on around this and we need to help our veterinarians mm -hmm. in, in many ways and do what's right for the cat and for the human. Yeah, we need to give them tools. We mm -hmm. need to give them help because that's a, that's a huge change for a lot of practices that have traditionally done Cat I, I think it's time to change. Oh, uh, because, I, I think know, that's it, well recognized. You, you, you see it, I mean, in our northern mm -hmm. yeah. uh, France, uh, where it's happening right yeah. now, yep. where yeah. states are changing. So Canada and the U.S. have been really two of the very few countries in the world that right. do this. Right. And now, um, over the last uh, couple of years, um, most Canadian provinces, not all yet, but mm -hmm. most, right. have banned the procedure. So mm -hmm. we're, we've made great headway and in Canada. it's happening. I mean, so there it's, are, it's a ball that's I rolling. Think five mm -hmm. states that are having um, legislation introduced this year. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it is, it, it's going to be a thing. And, and the conversation I'm hearing isn't should you decline or mm -hmm. should you not decline anymore, which is really what used to be the conversation. Mm -hmm. I haven't spoken to a veterinarian that likes deep law. Mm. I haven't spoken to a veterinarian that thinks it's the right thing for a cat, mm. to be mm. honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, but I, the question is, how do we yeah. move away from this? Yeah. How do we educate and don't, and there's a fear that animals will be let out or, or yeah. um, that someone who doesn't do it as well will do, we'll do it, it and doesn't do pain medication. I and mean, there's a lot of fear around that. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 we need to empower veterinarians and communities yeah. to, to make this to have a transition this cultural change exactly it is a cultural change and it, it is a transition plan you have to know what to say to your clients you know mm -hmm. you have to know 
um, how to um, answer when your you know your staff say oh well but you know when we, at least when we do it we do a good job whereas the guy down the street I don't know right you know so yeah we have to empower them to have those dialogues and it's interesting because many of the people I speak to and I stopped declining when I bought my practice in 1999 it just was something that I didn't believe in, but I yeah. have compassion for people that are in different places mm -hmm. in, in, in and, and may not have their own individual power to right? say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it, it's just a challenge thing. No one really wants to do it. No, no. nobody misses no. it when they stop. No. And the other thing I'm hearing is that for veterinarians that did stop, they actually feel like they're gaining many more clients because people respect that decision. Mm -hmm. It is a process though. So, and, and mm -hmm. I know in our practice, it was a process that occurred over a few years as we kind of went mm -hmm. less and less and less. Mm -hmm. And that worked for us rather than just saying, you know, cold turkey. So, yeah. you know, we, we just, it, it kind of faded away through education and whatnot. And we just did a, a survey and 74% of veterinarians that responded of the ones that do declaw do it less than once a month. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we saw the same in, in Canada. I work with a little research group and we published a paper about two years ago that surveyed veterinarians in Ontario, Canada, which is where most veterinarians in Canada are. And we, we had very similar results. You know, mm -hmm. we, we asked if you're still doing it, how often do you do it? And it's definitely decreased. In, the demand is decreased. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. saw very similar yeah. results. Yeah, it's just time to move on. And as yeah. a surgeon, you know, I never enjoyed that surgery. No. Oh, it's awful. a little bit traumatic. And yeah. So it's yeah. not that I'm waiting for those clients to come in. Right. Um, no. and, and, and so that's not, kind of the. I don't the, even think it's taught anymore. You know, I keep hearing that, but in the mm. survey results, there were very few people said that they hadn't learned the procedure. Mm. Uh -huh. So hopefully that it won't be taught at yeah. some point. Going forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And and there's definitely a difference between a good declaw and a bad declaw. Absolutely. That's, that's another thing. And so, um, you know, if there is a surgical indication for doing it, you need to do it the right do it way. Right. And yeah. not so we don't have a lifetime of chronic exactly. pain. When I bought my practice, it, like I had said, it was a cat only practice. And I probably had 70 cats that had P3 fragments with nails growing through yeah. their, their yeah. pads that I had to re declaw. And yeah. you know what that surgery is like when you're digging yeah. around that scar tissue and that recovery period, it was awful. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also concern even when the procedure is done well mm -hmm. that we may have some chronic pain. Lumbar pain, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we, you know, I think in a way we were kind of blind mm -hmm. for many, too many years. But recognizing the, the problem is the first step it to is. solve the problem. It so is. I think it is really good that that we're at least talking yeah. about this. Yeah. Don't you know move away no. from the topic we need to discuss yeah. this i would imagine internationally some people are thinking they still do that yeah, yeah. right yeah. yeah but it's been a tradition in canada and the u.s that uh, for for as long as i've been a vet. it's almost automatic and right? it's not the only topic it's we talk about air cropping we talk and about dogs and tail docking tail but we docking. see, we see lots and things. less of all of yeah. those mm -hmm. it's just time to move on yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm always very proud of afp that they're not afraid to take a leadership role in in these difficult um, conversations mm -hmm. yeah. and that's mm -hmm. one that we've not shied away from so right. Very good, very good. We are, are we at, out of time uh, again. Yeah, I know. Oh my it's gone gosh. so fast, you know. It does. It's just we keep on talking and I know. then we have all these great topics and yeah. it just tells us that you have to come back. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, well yeah. I would be honored. This yeah. has been a lot of fun. Yeah, well and we're really pleased to finally get a chance to sit down with you and um, and tell um, veterinarians in the world in a way a little bit more about AFP and, and the amazing things that they do and the huge impact they've had on uh, on cat medicine, on cat welfare. On veterinarians? Yeah, thank yeah. you just for the a, opportunity. Just another on-the-spot question. Have you ever listened to the Fur Podcast? 
<laughs> as Yola stares her straight in the face. <laughs> You're allowed to say no. I have not, but I oh, will. So, oh, right, so, right, right. so now you know, um, yes. as soon as we're done taping, Yola is going to ask you for your phone. Yes, and he's exactly. going to make you subscribe. Ex okay, yeah, I will yeah, do yeah, that. Exactly. Well, I, I have like a that. pin now, oh, so exactly. I have to listen. You and, do. And, and for everybody that's listening, please subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, you can and find us on I'm Apple Podcasts. I'm going to do it now. Yes. <laughs> yes, and you can give find us a good rating. Google Podcasts, and uh, our website now, is so. perpodcast.net, yes. and you can see a list of uh, all of our guests and all of our topics on perpodcast.net. So, yes. So, thank you so much. Yes, thank you thank both. You. Thank you for a, becoming a new member of yes. our family. You're so welcome. <laughs> it was My perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs. And you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatVetSusan. Dr. Yola Kirkenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirkenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at Her Podcast.